going on, everybody? It's Dante here with another episode of Off the Mass Podcast. And my guest this week is a gentleman that I've known for a little bit of time here on uh, social media. And I'm excited to have on as a guest because I've been thinking for since, since this has started, I mentioned it to him early on. And since then, I've been doing every type of episode in the world <laughs> not related to jujitsu and now that i'm trying to get back to basics i was like i gotta have my friend zach on here um zach is uh the handler of our instagram account or his instagram not ours but <laughs> um, <laughs> uh instagram account student of bjj and he has a lot of great content a lot of excellent breakdown videos that I love the share and I know you all like it because y'all be out there liking it too and reposting them. So, uh, welcome Zach. How's it going? Man, it's going good. Just sitting here in uh, beautiful Northwest Arkansas. Uh, man, missing training like the old days. Uh, yeah, that's like, uh, your gym, like not even opening any kind of capacity at all. Uh, so Northwest Arkansas is a combination of like, I guess, four main smaller cities that are together. And each one is managed a little bit differently. Um, when when the big COVID hit in March or April, uh, most of the states shut down. And I got furloughed almost immediately from my job. So I had to cancel the gym membership. You know, we're trying to buckle down, save money. Um, mm-hmm. The gym was, was closed anyways. And uh, But I train. It's probably like a half hour from the house. I mean, it, it's, a, it's a pretty good drive up the road um, for this area. And man, it went like months before I got another job. You know, I finally got let go of my old position. I got a new one. And uh, now I'm training. Um, the gym that I trained at is now open, but it's just too far of a drive for me to go. There. I used to train during lunch, so I can't really train during lunch anymore. Okay. So I just haven't figured out what that looks like into the future. Um, it's a great team. Love, love training with them. I mean, they've, they've helped me tremendously. <laughs> But, you know, I, I just don't have the time to get out there during my, my lunch class and trying to figure that out. It's been, man, it's been tough. I, I bet. It's, I had a, a teammate who, that's, that was kind of his schedule too for, for training. Um, he'd come over, actually a few of them that would come over during their lunch break um, and train with us. I, I've always been kind of envious of that like oh dude, like you're close enough to train on your break yeah um that training is the best training Change yes um but the, you know that that does suck um just all just everything 2020 has been just that that way um whether you you know you're running a gym or you're training it, it's been tough on tough on all of us um my niece, she's in Arkansas. She doesn't train, so I, I never even thought, you know, it wasn't even a thought in my mind. It was just like, you know, we're on here uh, talking recently, and it, you know, just regular conversation, and the thought of, you know, just what's closed and what's not, how, you know, how is life in, yeah. you know, Arkansas, period. I, honestly, up until <laughs> two weeks ago, not that I'm terrible at geography. I'm not. I just, I thought Arkansas was further West than. <laughs> so um, when 
you know, I scheduled to talk with her. And then even with you, I still had to keep in mind, oh, wait a minute, they're central. They're not mountain. You got yeah. that. I don't know where my brain's been. But um, with training for you, are you doing anything to just kind of keep keep the muscle memory uh, fresh? Man, I, I tried to for a while. Um, there's there's this mentality that a lot of people have of like, well, you can do solo drills or whatever. And I've never been somebody that gets any real enjoyment out of solo drills. Um, for me, it, it doesn't help my jujitsu and it just makes me really miss it. Mm-hmm. Um, so for the most part, man, like it, it's really a mental game. So I still think about it all the time and I can sort of put myself into situations and, you know, what would I do here? What would I do there? And uh, I'm finding ways to incorporate it into like my day-to-day play because um, I have a son who's just about four and he's always wanted a rough house and everything. So it's like, you know, how can I pin this little shrimp of a kid, uh, <laughs> you know, hold him down or figure out, you know, some move or whatever. Uh, so for me, it's it's that kind of thing that stays sharp. You know, like, how can I trap a limb here? What can I do in this situation? I've had to find other ways to help, like, my mental health, my physical health. Um, before I got into jujitsu, I, I was really into, like, woodworking and construction projects, that kind of thing. So, um trying to really like wear my body out any way I can. I built a deck in the backyard, um, which really helped my my mental health. And it really helped my, man, I was just so exhausted every night. And that's my favorite thing in the world is going to bed, like so bone tired from, you know, good training or something like that. Yeah. The, um, the mental health aspect I think is a huge one that I, I don't think I know myself. It wasn't something that I thought about until I didn't have jujitsu. Yeah, it's it, sure. it it helps a lot of us. It like and the thing that's so my job, they somehow was considered essential. I I'm not sure. How, you know, I'm still questioning that, but whatever. You know, I'll take it because you know, still keeping money coming in. Yep. But I was like, right. hey man, I don't know if I really want to be around these people right now because you know that is one uh tenant that comes in, uh senior citizen, very sweet lady. And right when this all started, she comes in and she's like, Hey, you know, I went to the doctor and they they said I have this, you know, all the symptoms, but I don't have it. And this was before. I don't even know if there's a test yet or, okay. you know, what testing was like. And she starts coughing <laughs> and my eyes got wide and I scooped my chair back and I was like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, that, you know what, you know, what, I, that's, I'm, I'm glad you're well. So, um, I'm going to go ahead and, um, Get you taken care of here. You know, I, I got some stuff to do out on the property. I, you know, <laughs> I, I gotta get, and as soon as she left, I locked the door, ran to the bathroom. Uh, my manager was on break when she came back. I, I, I threw a fit. You know, I was just like, was like, why are you scrubbing yourself with sanitizer? It's like, like, what, like, why does the office smell like bleach? Um, but having going, having, uh, you know, work still an option for me, and then now not having jujitsu that became a real big problem for me but yeah not not having jujitsu especially just in in these times just being stressful um the way that they are it it does play a a bigger factor in our lives i think um people don't people on the outside cannot fathom the way that we view it on the inside in jujitsu like if 
like I know so many people that even if they had like a spinal injury, like they're not going to slow down training. They're going to keep going, you know, like, yeah. and doctors are, you know, baffled. Like, why don't you take up rowing or like bicycle yeah. riding or something? And it's like, it just doesn't work. It's so no. ingrained in who we are that to, to stop is basically to kill some part of us. We can't just replace the exercise with something else. It doesn't work. Like we're rewired to need that. I remember, um, I've kind of shared this a couple different times um, with people. I had gotten a lipoma removed from my, my side. And after surgery, my grandfather, he drove, drove me home. Um, and I was still kind of high off the anesthesia. And, you know, hours after surgery, went up to the gym. It was like, hey, so you know, is it okay if I train her? Like, no, absolutely not. You, you <laughs> just got out of surgery. It's like, yeah, no, but I'm, I'm not, you know, like you just got stitched up, dude, relax. It was like, can I do at least the warm ups? Can I do some solo? I need to do something. Right. Um, <clears throat> I don't know if that's a sign that I have a problem, but um, it's a good problem. I think to want to, you know, number one, stay physically active, but number two, um, there's just a love for this, this sport that um, we take a part of. And it, it's just unfortunate that, um, you know, you have states that are shut down where you can't train. Um, and even for myself, our gym is open. It's just, I don't particularly feel too comfortable. Um, train well, like, Cause my wife's schedule, she works at night. So if I do train, I have to take my daughter and that's where I'm not, <clears throat> I'm not terribly comfortable with taking her in. When I go in to work one on one with a teammate, I'll bring her. But when when there's a full class, not a full class. I think we have we can have ten at a time. But okay. it's still. I hopped into a class maybe three weeks ago, three or four weeks ago, and then after that, it's been you know my wife's schedule because she was she, she just happened to be off on a Tuesday night. I was like, Oh cool. I can hop in. And the family that she works for was like, yeah, we need you back on Tuesdays. She's like, well, well, okay. So there's that. Um, how long have you been training? Um, I, I, I've always thought that, you know, I'd never ever even thought to ask you that, you know, just in conversation in general. And here we are I figure let's get it out. Yeah. I'm happy to go into it. Um, so I graduated from University of Arkansas in 2009, and that was when, um, 2009, when the economy just absolutely tanked. Yeah. Um, I, I had taken, a, I was offered a position in the December of 2008 that, assuming I graduated in 2009, they would offer me, you know, the full-time position, and uh, and this company honored it, but it was in Magnolia, Arkansas, which is a town of about 11,000 people when school is in session, they have a, there's a small university there, uh, SAU, Southern Arkansas University, and their mascot um, is the Mule Riders. So it's a country town. It's like 46 miles from the closest interstate. And, and, you know, I, I took the position because I wanted it, but there's also no other position to take at the time. Um, sure. So, you know, I packed up the truck and, and moved down there and didn't know anybody. Um, spent, you know, a few weekends there trying to figure out what I was going to do. Uh, at the time I was really into soccer. I was really into rock climbing. There are 
there's barely even any, any hills in Magnolia. And, uh, and there was no soccer team that I could find um, that had any openings for me. So I immediately went into like emergency networking mode. Like I've got to find some, some group to be with, otherwise I'm going to go crazy. And there was a Taekwondo gym on main street that I was like, you know, I've always thought about martial arts and um, I'll just, I'll pop into this Taekwondo gym and just see what it's about. So I took like the demo class and I bought the little cheap gi that they had and, um, trained there for a couple of months and like, I kind of liked it until I started really like paying attention to what was going on in the class. And there was like a, a kid there who was, I don't know, maybe 10 years old. And he was like a black belt And it. I started realizing like, okay, there's not a universe where this black belt could beat me in <laughs> any way. And it, it, like, for me, it, it devalued that belt so much that it kind of jaded me to the class, even though I enjoyed like, some of the movements I enjoyed some of the history like I didn't feel like I, it was a good fit for me and around the same time uh, I started noticing that as I was leaving class these guys were coming into class and they had like buzz head they had you know tattoos they would come in there just like fight shorts and they said oh this is jujitsu and I, yeah, I'd heard of it but I didn't know anything about it and I was like man I'll never be tough enough to go train with those guys and uh, <laughs> you know it was like it was about two months of, of seeing them you know, every, I don't remember what it was, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, that took the classes, they were there. I was like, you know what? I'm going to try it out. I'm going to go in there and I'm just going to get my butt completely kicked. So I stayed after one day and it was, uh, it was Robert Taylor and Wes Allen um, were the two that I remember. And I bet they beat me that first night 10 or 15 times, just like, and it, it didn't take very long. It was like, you know, three minute rounds, probably maybe two or three of them. And I just got absolutely destroyed. Every single decision I made was the wrong one, but they were so nice about it. You know, like I would, I would panic, I would tap and then, you know, they would just let me go. And we would all kind of laugh about, you know, how weird it was that I just tapped to a triangle choke. Cause like, I can't believe some guy just choked me with his legs. Um, and like I got home that night and I just remember like sitting there, like so defeated, but also like energized, like what just happened to me? And uh, so I started doing both classes for a while, uh, Taekwondo and Jiu-Jitsu. Um, and then I just realized like Taekwondo was all just a warm up for me. I was only going there so I could get warm for the other class. And I, <laughs> so I dropped Taekwondo, um, nothing against the sport, but it just wasn't a good fit for me. And sure. fell in love with Jiu-Jitsu. Uh, it was all Nogi, you know, at the time, I probably trained with the same four guys for the more than two years I was there. Um, occasionally somebody would pop in occasionally that you know somebody would drop out but it was really like four guys that I trained with me being one of them was in there for like two years uh, I was the smallest one and I was the newest one the entire time so in that two years uh, I don't I, I truly don't think I tapped a single person the entire time uh, which is you know a very different story than what a lot of people can do but it's a combination of I had literally nothing else to do uh, along with the fact that I knew that I was doing something really special that made me, you know, extremely happy. Good. Good. So it was all Nogi uh, doing that. And the the coaching was good, but it was, it was hard for me to like rate myself. Like how good am I when I'm training with people that are getting better at the same rate and there's never new people in the class. And I guess it would have been in about 2011 or 12. Um, I moved to Little Rock, which is my hometown. And I started training at Westside MMA uh, under Rolly Delgado. And that's where I really started doing 
the gi. So I got my blue belt under Roly. Um, and that's where I found out, you know, where my true passion was is, is gi jiu-jitsu. Um, I was still going to no gi class and they had a professor um, there, Coach Billy Robinson, catch wrestling legend um, before he passed away. And I was really fortunate to take some no gi classes under him, like kind of catch wrestling fundamentals. And that's really shaped my jujitsu ever since. Um, so I bring a lot of like catch wrestling into my gi game. You know, I don't, if I can get like a sleeve grip, I will, but if I can get like a wrist grip, that's what I prefer. And it throws off a lot of people. <laughs> so my background is like, you know, I cut my teeth on no gi, um, did a lot of catch wrestling in there um, until coach Billy passed away. And then I've really just focused on gi ever since. So it's, you know, a little bit more than a decade now, I guess I'm in my 11th year of training, but it's been like a variety of places I've trained. Now, now I'm up in Northwest Arkansas, I trained at uh, Inferno MMA uh, until the shutdown. Um, so coach Caleb Plank, coach Mike Page, um, phenomenal coaches. It was a great atmosphere. So I've, I've trained under several different teams um, and several different, you know, philosophies. That's cool. Um, I think that's one of those important things too. It, there's nothing wrong with, you know, being at one spot forever and ever, but it's always good to have different influences, whether it be, you know, if you travel and you have a specific gym, you do drop-ins at, um, at a different location or even locally or um, having, you know, train at, a, you know, a few different gyms um, over time. I think that's always important to, have different views of um of the sport period i was just talking to one of my teammates last night and he he does muay thai uh well now he he's just completely into jiu-jitsu now um they he used to just do no gi exclusively then over the last couple months he's been training in the gi working and learning grips and just doing crazy stuff he texts me one night um after class he goes dante i pull guard (laughs) (laughs) and monster (laughs) and i you know and it's funny because when he and i go and work one-on-one we joke about all the posts i put up about don't pull guard don't pull guard and then i go and pull guard as much trash (laughs) as i talk about it i do it Um, and you know, that's what we've been teaching the kids, um, our little ninjas the last two weeks, like just pulling guard. But, um, he texts me and goes, dude, I pull guard. What am I becoming? (laughs) I was like, I mean, yeah, it's like, you're falling in love with the sport. I mean, you know, this is, this is, you know, you're a martial artist period. I mean, in, in that regard, but now you're growing with jujitsu and we were kind of talking about that when he messaged he messaged me last night and we were talking about um the Khabib fight and it just he he was just blown away that you know Khabib finished with the triangle spoiler alert for anybody who hasn't seen it <laughs> um or been to my page cuz I know I posted it there as well but it's but in our conversation, we were just talking about with jujitsu, there's so much to jujitsu that that's left to learn no matter where you are, because each professor, you know, might give you something new to look at. And you might think at some point, like, hey, you know, 
I've been doing this long enough. I, I, you know, I know quite a good, you know, amount of it and it's just not the case. Um, And I think anyone who's been training long enough, that's um, any good would know that as well. I don't, I can't imagine anyone that I I've ever encountered training jujitsu, you know, training for four years, five years, like, ah, well, I've been training for this long. I think I, I think I got a good grasp of it. It's like, yeah. <laughs> There's not many people that are at, you know, where they just can't improve in some way. <laughs> I mean, when I got promoted to blue belt, I, I was confused. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> like, I don't know if like, are you sure? Like, you, like you think I'm ready for this? Okay, sure. And then, uh, like the first, like three, four months, it was just almost like a faucet opened of information just being poured into me and it's like whoa yeah. wow okay i definitely uh get that you know just training under different um you know un- under different coaches for catch wrestling um gi you know e- even specific things in the gi there's just so many different levels to this to this thing that you might think like, oh, you know, I know deep half guard. Like I know it like the back of my hand. And there's somebody that always has, you know, something else to add to it or, you know, or even just something that you've never even seen, you know, within that realm either. With your um, Instagram, how did that um, how did that come about? Just when I, you know, I think about when I look at your account and the breakdown videos like the technique videos and i've always you know i i i save a lot of your, any video that comes up i save it immediately in a specific folder um it's just so i can repost it later and then kind of break it down myself but um how did that come about for you so pretty pretty organically um and it's been i think really helpful for me more than most of my followers um i i just started recording myself so i started i'll take let me take a step back. I started the student BJJ website, um, not knowing what I was going to do with it. I just wanted to be able to help people understand jujitsu faster to get mm-hmm. past those. You know, everyone gets excited at white belt. Um, and they either leave after like the first day or they like make it to blue belt. There's not a lot of people that quit as like a two stripe white belt. They get to mm-hmm. blue belt and then they stall. And, or what, what actually happens in my opinion is they think they stall and they don't know how they're actually improving. Um, there's like a phase of training there where it's hard to see the results, even though like you're, you're rewiring your brain and body at that point. Um, and it's hard to recognize it. So I was at the blue belt level and I was just finding, like realizing where I was hanging up, where I was having issues. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to make a, a resource um, for people to get to the blue belt quicker and hopefully take that momentum stronger through blue belt and help them, you know, not, not quit or get burned out. Sure. So I just started organizing the website, um, kind of banged out something pretty quick. And then I was like, so this is supposed to make money, right? <laughs> like I tried to put ads on there. Uh, you know, nobody's coming to the site. I did a little bit of paid advertising, spent like, I don't know, 20 bucks and realized like, this is stupid. Uh, and I realized like, if I'm really going to get the message out there that I have to have social media accounts. So hmm. I got the website to kind of a steady state, um, something I could set it there and come back to it later. And I was like, this uh, social media thing is, is going to take me a while to build up. So I'm going to focus on social media aspect of it for a while. Um, started the Facebook group, started the Instagram account, and didn't really know. I'd been on Facebook for a long time, but not really on Instagram. And I didn't know 
how to approach an audience. I didn't know how to convince people to follow. It just, you see these accounts, you know, at the time, I think you were 25,000, 30,000, something in there. And um, it's like, how could I ever get there? Like, how do I get a message across? And I didn't know. So there was a, a really big learning curve to like, how do I, how do I make content that resonates with people? And like, that's a question I kept asking myself, like, why, why would someone want to follow me? I'm just this blue belt that has a website. Um, but I, I don't have like the deep fundamental knowledge to like coach somebody to a high level. So like, what can I offer? And well, the first thing I need to offer is, uh, is just videos, you know, show myself rolling. And if people want to make fun of me, that's fine. But I started taking my, uh, my phone to class and setting up on a little tripod and recording and people gave me funny looks for a while, but they got used to it very quickly. And I started looking at my own videos and like learning how to analyze myself and in learning how to analyze myself um, and trying to find, you know, specifics I could put on the website or on the Instagram account. I realized that I could break a lot of these um, details into, you know, like a one minute, just a little flavor of the day. Like this should inspire you. I'm not teaching you how to do like the perfect choke because Dana Hare's done it. You know, I'm not going to teach you how to do the, uh, the perfect heel hook because, um, you know, Gordon Ryan's done it. Like I, I can't offer somebody that level, but what I can do is just introduce people to concepts, whatever I'm thinking of at the time, whatever I'm learning and just like a little detail from my flavor of jujitsu that has helped me. And that worked in an actual role. And I realized when I started doing that, that very few people are posting themselves actually rolling, um, showing you know, the sloppy side of jujitsu, what it looks like when your opponent is actually competing back against you. Um, and I really quickly hit on something that wasn't in the market and I could do, I could pump it out all day. I was recording myself on every single role that I was doing. Um, you know, if I was in class the last 15 minutes or 20 minutes, what that looks like, I could roll four or five times. I was getting four or five complete rolls on film that I could cherry pick details. You know, if it was done to me, that's fine. If it was done to someone else, like that's fine. If it was just something special that I could post out there um, to inspire. And that's really what took my Instagram account to, to a much higher level. It started resonating with people because I wasn't this perfect competitor. You know, I wasn't like a pinch. Yeah. I was like a normal person who was a blue belt uh, going to gym at the lunch and having a good time. And that's, you know, that's what I could offer people was here's what the real journey looks like. If you're not a high level competitor. I think that that's one of the things that, really drew me to your post was the fact that it it was you rolling it wasn't like hey you know i'm going to show you a technique under the perfect circumstance you post a video of you rolling and i feel like before that outside of you know competition videos that again you just happen to you know isolate that perfect moment in a competition video where something happens outside of that you know, there's no one posting anything of them in a live role. So seeing your posts caught my eye and I was like, well, it, I, I took a lot from it. I still do. Um, I been every so often I'll take my phone in and record uh, mostly when it's uh, coach Mark and myself, when we're just doing our uh, uh, training one-on-one now because of COVID. Sure. But um those were, you know, anything that I've been recording, you know, I, I'm kind of taking um, notes from you in, in that regard. And even with some of your videos, you know, like you said, whether 
you know, it happens to you or you do it to someone else. I think that's an important thing that was um, that was added in there as well is, you know, there are a couple of videos where you're getting swept or you're getting caught oh, yeah. in something. And I think that's I think that's something that's really important for people to see and to do, because when you go back and look at those videos, it's hard sometimes, you know, I, I got knee barred. Um, and it was a, I don't know how it, it happened. It shouldn't have happened. I was just, <laughs> just got caught. Yeah. Exactly. And I was, I was so angry. Um, not like, like really like angry, but I was just like mad at myself. Like, dude, you watched her step over <laughs> and like, it's like, I'm just watching it happen. Like, Oh yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Now sit back. Um, <laughs> but you know, it's, those are things we have to look at though, too, whether it be to learn from learn to not do it again or look and see like, okay, what did they do that made that work so well? So that way now I can, you know, kind of build off of that myself. So your, your posts have, have always been for myself personally, um, inspirational. And I, I messaged you the other day. Uh, I, I usually post, I have specific days that I post, um, individuals that I post on Thursday. And for some reason, however, the, the algorithm on Instagram works, Thursday just turned into a really bad day. And I, you know, I'll go back and yeah, look. And so like, like these are great techniques. Why, why are there no views on this? And then I'm looking like the reach was like, Oh, a thousand people. It reached a thousand people. Like, huh? So I started moving to different days and then, okay, there it goes. Now the reach is growing. Now people are seeing these videos because Again, like you said, you know, Donna here could show this. Gordon Ryan could show that. You know, you can learn something from Pete the Greek. Yeah. Mostly wrist locks. Um, <laughs> just like the world, right? <laughs> one of my uh, teammates went up to Chicago and trained with him. And immediately when he came back, he tried to wrist lock me. I was like, well, yeah, dude, that sounds right. <laughs> like, what are you doing? He was like, I learned it from Pete the Greek. I was like, you dick. Um, <laughs> But, you know, you have these guys, you know, they're going to show you this, they're going to show you that. And it's all beneficial. But I think also what you're bringing to the table as well, showing it in a live role, it works yeah. um, a lot better as well. Um, there's one post. I, I keep uh, swiping past it. It's it's an older one. I'm like, I want to post it. But then it's like, but there's something else here, like that's more recent that that's just, you know, because now you have uh, the key points like you, you do like a full breakdown um, in the in the comment section. Um, and then even in the video, you have like the key points It's like, all right, th this is really turning to a, a production. It, it looks great and it's always informative. So thank you as a fan. <laughs> you know, I appreciate it. Thank you. Um so with the videos as well, you've also then started moving to memes, which have, um, I find quite comical as well. Um, I, I don't know. It's like I've I've seen a lot of your memes, like the, the people are reusing them now and cutting your name off and it pissed me <laughs> off. <laughs> I'm like, you know, I'll go and like tag you if I see it or. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I get angry when I say it's like, wait a minute, I know who made this. Like, I I, I know that layout. Um, so Man, it's so 
you know, I've had a few people reach out to me um, about that or, you know, try to try to tag me in a post when someone else steals it or whatever. And yeah, when I first started making it, I was, I was a little territorial, you know, I was trying to put the watermark on everything and mm-hmm. um, man, what I, what I finally realized, um, you know, I, I'm a big fan of Gary V. Uh, I love his, yeah. his social media. He's, he's very inspiring. And he, he reframed that for me in a way that um, was very powerful. Basically, if I'm worried about everyone else stealing my content, that's time that is being taken away from me and not creating new content. Every time mm-hmm. someone steals it, it's just validation that I'm on the right path. Every time yeah. somebody steals it and tries to do their own thing, like they can steal all day long and they can't keep up with me because I can keep pumping out, you know, good content and they can't. So at some point they're going to like just have my same Instagram account and people are going to throw a fit because they're just trying to be a copycat. Um, so for me, like, I don't really care anymore. Um, I put that watermark like in the white space of the meme. If someone wants to cut it out, whatever. I've made that content for people to enjoy. My original reason for even starting the student BJJ website was to get more people to train and more people to appreciate the sport. And if people are taking, you know, my memes out of context, or they're posting it on their page as if it were their own or even putting their own stamp. Ultimately, like my mission is still being accomplished. I'm still reaching people in a new way. And, you know, at some point they'll figure it out and they'll follow me if that's what they want to do. Mm-hmm. But I just, you know, I stopped really being concerned with people taking that content because I, I made it for people to freely enjoy. It's not like I'm charging advertising. It's like it doesn't take money out of my pocket if someone else shares it. You know what I mean? So. That's actually where I had to take a step back to and think. Um, I make a meme once a year. I don't I don't do it too often. I, I, I'm uh, someone said to me recently, you're the Amazon of memes. I was like, oh, okay. I'll I'll take that because I take everyone else's meme and I repost it, but I do give credit. Um, But I make a meme once a year, maybe once every five months. I'll I'll make my own meme. Usually I'll use um, Ashley Yoder, uh, UFC strawweight. She'll have some picture and I'll just take her picture and and write something inspirational to it. And it's like, okay, meme for today. It's done, but it there was a one meme I made probably the first thing I ever done. It was um a young man with Down syndrome. He was a blue belt. He won a competition, and he was he had his hand raised and he's smiling. I can't remember what I wrote, but I threw it out there, and just you know it's like okay cool, and then it's everywhere. And Tom DeBlas, you know he's posting it, and yeah, and it was like. I was like, oh, wow, like that really, that took off. Okay. Um, and early on, it, it, I kind of took offense. Not, I wasn't offended. I was just mad. I was like, hey, that, that was mine. I, I did that. But, you know, I, I saw a, a clip from uh, Gary Vee as well talking about people stealing your content and stuff like that. And I was like, you know what? It, it's, it's not that big a deal. I'm not stressing it. Um, but not only that, it's it becomes a question of what's art. You know, and honestly, the way that I do it, if I make a meme, I'm using someone else's picture anyway, so it ain't mine. I, that's another thing I realize. I'm with you. I'm already I'm already borrowing something else. I'm already hijacking our own consciousness in yeah. making a meme. Uh, somebody else created a work of art. I put a jujitsu twist on it. If somebody else wants to put a twist on that, you know, who am I to judge? Exactly. I, I think uh, I'm even worse because I'll take someone else's picture, 
or take someone else's image or whatever, whether it be, you know, a drawing or something. And then I'll take someone else's quote and put it there. <laughs> like, ha, yeah, I made it. And then I'll put my <laughs> watermark on it. They're like, oh, okay. Did BJJ Wiki make this? Not at all. Someone, someone took that picture and someone else said those words. I just brought them together. It's like me introducing the couple and they get married. They're like, you know, <laughs> you know, I better be invited to the wedding. Who are you again? Oh, yeah. <laughs> sorry. That's a good uh, way to put it. Um, but a- again, with everything that that you do, as far as your content, whether it be the the technique videos or your memes. I appreciate it. Thank you. I, I know um, BJJ Mama. She like she and I talk about it. Um, so yeah, she's definitely uh, definitely a fan as well. So we're always like, dude, like you know, this one's funny, or you know, look at that technique. So thank you for all that you do for the community and just as a person, you're a good dude. Um, and, and I that- appreciate it. Yeah, I, I work really hard to to bring you know a fresh spin on on a sport that that is very near and dear to me. Um, And by the way, BJ mama is an awesome account. So if you're not following that uh, out there, definitely follow her because she's another, you know, real one that's training out there and doing her own thing. And, you know, I just appreciate so many people that are sharing their normal journeys. And it's actually one thing I love about jujitsu is you have normal people training under the same roof as like the legends. You know, when I was at Westside in Little Rock, training under Rolly Delgado, who was, um, you know, in the UFC and then training next to TJ Brown, Bryce Mitchell fights out of there. Um, I never got to train with him, unfortunately, just, we never crossed paths, but, um, you know, I trained with some, some very, very high level people that I could come in off the street and train with them on day one. And you don't get that. And it's just so, it's so cool to see like both sides of that journey. You see these hyper polished athletes that are out there doing their thing on, you know, the world stage. And then you also see, uh, just regular normal people trying to fit in training in the middle of family time and work and all that. And, uh, you know, I, I think that that side of the story is underrepresented in social media. And and that's kind of what got me going on that path to start with. That's something I've said in the past with training, you know, unlike other sports, you can't go and shoot basketball with LeBron. No. On just any given day, you can't go. <laughs> true, true. It would be um, so embarrassing, man. It, 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 I've given up on basketball <laughs> a long time ago, and then just to step on the court with LeBron, just look at him like, "Wow, okay, yeah. that's what you're like in person. You're huge, <laughs> all right, and you're not missing a shot either. That's just even worse." Um, but you know, we can't go and train with those athletes you know, on just any given day, whereas in jujitsu, you know, we could be training with a world champ, you know, and, and the thing is, even with training with someone that's on that high level, there's minimum ego, if any at all, you know, they're there and there to do the same thing we are. And that's to improve, to get better and to help each other. And I think that's, that's a beautiful thing in, in this sport. And when I try to explain to my friends and get them to come try it out, that's one thing I try to let them know. It's like no one there is trying to hurt anyone. We're all, you know, trying to take care of each other. You know, you want to be a good training partner. So it's like being a kid and having toys. If you break your toys, 
you're not going to have anything to play with. Number one, but number right. two, in in this aspect, no one wants to you know train with you if you if you're that guy that comes in there and you're hurting other people. So I know at our gym we all do a good job of taking care of each other. Even you know there's some you know situations where people don't necessarily get along outside of the gym, but on the mat you would never guess that. You yeah. know, it's family. So with everything that's going on in the sport lately with COVID and uh, the lack of training for a lot of individuals, whether it be, again, gym shutting down or just can't get back into training right now because other priorities, um, I guess what I'm wondering is, I guess, you know, we already kind of went over the ideal of solo drills and I agree that I, I try doing solo drills here at home and it's just, it's, there's only so far that takes me Yeah, and even yeah. training with my daughter, trying to coach her into some moves. I also, you know, I'll, I'll see and I'll, I'll start getting a little sad because like, dude, <laughs> like I, I want to go and do this now. Yeah. Um, but with just how everything's going, um, how do you feel about, you know, competitions kind of starting back up? And uh, I think Pans was recent down in Florida. Um, last, stuff like last that. weekend, I think. Two yeah, weeks uh, two weeks. Yeah, 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 two weeks. Um, like, how do you feel if things kind of just open back up right now um, and just like all just went back to it? Would you feel comfortable jumping back in or would there be like some, you know, caution on your own end? So I, you know, I, in good faith, have been social distancing. I've been, you know, really isolated. I, I made some pretty big sacrifices early on. Um, and, and like we mentioned earlier, you know, like mental health suffered tremendously. Um, physical health suffered until I could find, you know, other outlet, outlets for it. Um, I've kind of done my time. Um, I have, my, my grandfather was just put into like a memory clinic, um, severe dementia, um, you know, I didn't want to bring, I know he's a, a major risk being in a, like, you know, a nursing home. Sure. Um, my, my grandmother has COPD, which is a, a lung disease that is a, a major risk, you know, if, if she catches COVID. Um, my other grandmother is, you know, severe diabetic and, and I'm going to go see them for the holidays. So um, I can't justify training or that kind of thing. Cause you know, last thing I want to do is, um, for a short-term gain of, you know, being able to train the long-term consequences that could be for the family. But, uh, kind of what I'm thinking is after, after the holidays, um, taking a hiatus from seeing any people that mean a lot to me just to focus on me mm-hmm. and, and get back to training and just like, I'm not scared of me catching it. And I'm really not scared of my wife or child catching it. We're all, you know, healthy with, with no risk factors to speak of. Um, and it's just, it's time for me to get back out there and start doing it again. And, you know, I'm, I'm pumped to see these competitions that are still surviving. I'm pumped to see the gyms that are able to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I, you know, I judged for a while, but I just don't judge anymore. I think people got to that point quicker than I did, um, you know, to get back and train. And I guess I'm kind of hoping that if, if it goes to the gym, that it's just caught early. Um, but yeah. the, the reality is, is, you know, life has to go on at some point. And there will be a vaccine available for those that want to take it. I'll be one of the first in lines um, because science. Yeah. And <laughs> uh, 
you know, if I catch it before then, uh, I just got to have faith that I'll survive. And it's, you know, every time you walk on the mat, you're taking a risk with your livelihood and you're trusting mm-hmm. your, your teammates slash opponents, you know, to not rip your knee to shreds or, you know, damage your neck or spine or something, you know, there's a lot of trust that goes in. So we take our lives in our own hands every single day and it's, you know, I'm ready to get back out there and do it. That's an important thing that you just said there though, too, is, you know, we get out there on those mats and there are a lot of risk, whether it be um, getting, you know, your knee shredded. I've, I've had my ankle jacked up a couple different times, um, it, you know, and just the, the gross, you know, things we can catch on the mat, whether it be staff, <laughs> MRSA. Um, I, I feel like there's probably a higher likelihood of us catching that than COVID actually on the mats. Personally, I've been, you know, kind of on the fence with the two. Like I said, my gym is open. And if I didn't have to take my daughter with me at night, I would definitely be training. Um, I just don't feel comfortable with her. You know, she doesn't run around or anything, but it's just, there's just this thing in, in the back of my head. Yeah. I'm not worried about myself getting it. I'm, I'm more so worried if I get it of passing it on to anyone else. I, I, I'm, I'm very confident that if I were to get it, I'd be fine. I've had a few friends now who've had it recently that are, you know, unrelated to the sports and they've, they've recovered pretty well. They've said it was probably the most difficult thing they've ever dealt with, but they're yeah, for those that show symptoms. I've heard it's uh it's a rough one. Uh, I've, I've had some concern there. There was one day I woke up. I think I, I was probably just having a panic attack, but I was like, Oh no, is this it? Is this COVID? I was like, yeah. no, nah, nah, it's just a panic attack. Just get up, go shower, go to work. You'll be all right. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, at, with things opening up in Maryland, especially we're one of those states that's we've been pretty cautious about things, but, as we're seeing now, you know, I think we can kind of move around. I, I feel like individuals who aren't at risk, you know, should be able to kind of flow freely. I think the ones that are at risk are the ones that we need to, you know, maybe keep isolated and take care of. But, you know, and if you know that you're going to be around an individual who's at risk, you know, you want to take care of yourself as well, obviously. But I feel like at this point, you know, if the competitions are opening up, gyms are opening up, you know, that's fine. Just we got to be smart about it and make sure technology has come a long way, even in, in the last, um, you know, eight, nine months. Like yeah. now you can get rapid tests, 15 minutes for some, mm-hmm. like most are about 45 minutes for free at a lot of places. Like there's, yeah, now I know I can get a 99% reliability test, which isn't, it should be better than that, but even 99% is, you know, puts yeah. me in the green and I can go see, you know, my grandparents knowing that I'm almost completely, definitely negative. So that changes the game. It really does. Def- definitely. My, one of my buddies who he and his wife got it, his wife tested positive. He kept testing negative. He had symptoms. He wasn't feeling well, but he kept testing negative. I think he tested ne- negative two maybe three times and i think on that last one finally it was like all right it's positive 
I don't I don't know what the circumstances right. were of doing a test where they just sitting there like sticking the swabs up his nose over yeah. and over until they until they struck positive. But he tested ne- negative a few times and he was like, yeah, but I don't feel good. So yeah. and, he, and he's not that kind of guy. He's he's the kind of guy. He doesn't call out from work. You know, if, if there's a rock in his shoe, he's going to walk. 10 miles with that rock in his shoe rather than, you know, stopping to take the rock out. He, he's a tough dude that's just going to power through. That might be tough. I don't know if there's a rock in my shoe, I'm going to take the rock out. No, no. <laughs> Not that tough. It's called intelligence yeah. at that point. But I, I think we're at a point right now, like you said, science. Science is our friend. And there's just a lot of people who, you know, th- there's, there's a lot of fear and understandable, but I think you just need to be be smart about it and just make ourselves um aware i the one thing that i do like that that i think was a positive with all of this is like it reminded us how to wash our hands um yeah it it was funny because right when this all started at work someone stopped into our office um one of construction workers or one of contractors at the property went to the bathroom came out i didn't hear no water run and I remember just thinking like, oh, man, he just touched the door. Yeah. I got to go clean that off. And then COVID hit, you know, it, it really hit. Like everything sh- started shutting down a week later. And in my head, I just kept thinking, man, if only that dude washed his hands, maybe yeah. we all be okay. <laughs> um, so that's, that's good, though. So a question that I, I've been wanting to ask, because I ask everybody this just because of my fandom and the and stuff that I'm interested in comic books. Who's your favorite superhero or villain hmm. or anti-hero? Yeah. You know, I should have expected this question. Uh, <laughs> didn't. So I've, I'm not a super in-depth comic book nerd, but I do absolutely love, you know, the, the movies and the histories. And uh, I don't know that I have, I have some that I'm just not a big fan of. Um, I'm, I'm not a big fan of Batman. Not because he doesn't have like the best gear, but you know, he's just like a rich guy and not really like a powerful guy. Yeah. Um, so I have a hard time with that franchise. I'm not a fan of Superman at all. Uh, he's just, he's too powerful and it's just not yeah. fun for me to, you know, he, he lacks the human condition almost yeah. by design. Um, I really enjoy um, the really flawed characters. Um, I think I, I might identify the most with Iron Man just because I'm kind of a tech geek. Um, you know, I could post up in the lab and tinker all day long, just like him. And uh, I'm a sucker for somebody that has some good one-liners. So definitely, uh, you know, Deadpool's high on the list for the same reason. Um, also, I'm just a big fan of Ryan Reynolds in general. So <laughs> same. So really, I guess Iron Man, uh, because of his his tech brilliance. But, you know, maybe it's not fair because he technically isn't a superhero either. But I feel like he does it better than Batman. At least he has the the thing in his chest. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think there's a lot of really good superhero options out there, though. Um, but I, I think the ones that are the best are the ones that have like the really deep flaw. Uh, I would put like Sherlock Holmes almost as like one of my favorites as well. He's not a, not a superhero, but has a lot of those same like deep flaws that make them an interesting character. And because of who they are, have almost superhuman abilities. I, I see a theme there too. Um, like characters played by Robert Downey Jr. So yeah, he's a yeah, he's a man. 
Um, that's the only reason why I even cared about Iron Man when that came out in the theaters. I remember when they announced it, I was like, that's dumb. Who's going to see an Iron Man movie? Who, like, that's yeah. pointless. And then, like, Robert Downey Jr. is going to play. I was like, okay, maybe, you know, maybe I'll go see it. And yeah, and here we are. But the flawed, the flawed characteristics, uh, mm, sorry, tripping over words, flawed characteristic is a key thing to it, it humanizes them. You know, like I said, with Superman, he's too powerful. You know, th- there was a story with Superman that is very good um, where his father dies of a heart attack. And it kind of makes this point of no matter how powerful you are, you know, there's just some things you can't save everyone from. I did like that spin on it, where it's like, you know, a robber could come in and try to, you know, steal from the family and kill the family. You know, Clark will always be there. Um, Lickety split, you know, car accident. He could still be there, you know, in no time. But there's a heart attack. You know, what can he do? He can't he, he can't save his father from that. You know that that's you know, probably the one big uh, story that I could think of that you know humanized Superman to some degree. Yeah, that's that's fair for sure. But I I like with Iron Man, especially in one of his earlier books, Demon in a Bottle, where it addressed his drinking problem, and mm-hmm. that was in the eighties. I know in the seventies they did a story in Spider Man where a character's son had a drug problem they actually had to print that comic without the um approval code because they weren't going to approve the story so they're like well we're just going to print the book anyway we don't need your approval right um we just do that you know because it's you know nice of us it's rare that you you know would see those types of stories so when they made it a major character it was really surprising but also refreshing because it lets you know these characters they're human. They, yeah. they, they have that human quality. They're flawed. No one's perfect. No matter how you cut the story, even some fant- uh, some fantastic four stories had some really, really tough tales where Sue um, invisible woman, she had a miscarriage and they wrote that story and it, it was really powerful. So it, it's always crazy to think as we've grown at least for me being a teenager and being a comic book fan and everyone's like, Oh, those are for kids. Those, you know, comic books are dumb. They're for kids. But little did they know, you know, you're getting stories like demon in the bottle um, and, you know, stories where, you know, characters have AIDS, stuff like that. It's like, wow, like maybe it's not all just for kids. And again, it does open up the ideal that no one's perfect. There, there are characters that have, um, you know, flaws where, you think, oh, you know, at the end of the day, Tony Stark is a billionaire. He goes home and he, you know, gets to make new inventions. And like, no, he's going home, you know, drinking his pain away yeah. and it's getting out of control. And I love that aspect of it all. And even with Deadpool, you know, his character before getting his powers ends up, you know, he has cancer. Mm-hmm. And that's a huge, huge thing, especially um, in our world, you know, you know, the last, you know, 30 years or so, really uh, more so than anything with that being said, um, what was your favorite video game growing up as a kid? Oh man, that's, that's truly a tough one. Um, so I was, I don't play video, uh, many video games now, 
but I was definitely like a gamer growing up. Um, I can't tell you how many hours I spent on StarCraft and, you know, later StarCraft 2 on the PC. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was raised in, in the world of Mario and Sonic the Hedgehog. I've enjoyed Mario 2 for all of its deep flaws. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think I was never really into a lot of the sports games, um, which is weird considering, you know, I've kind of dedicated a lot of my life to a sport. But the games that really interested me the most were were games like um, ones where I was having to solve some really complicated problems like Mist was a, a favorite of mine growing okay. up. And um, man, when I discovered like Super Mario RPG, it really changed my life. Um, you know, games where, where the character is growing and developing and, you know, experience points, you do this enough times yeah. and you level up and you get these new abilities and that was where I found like a true love, like final fantasy games were mm-hmm. man, starting with like final fantasy seven. And I'm that, that jerk that actually prefers final fantasy eight, which would probably <laughs> it in a lot of places, but um, that was the first one I really played was, was eight, you know, I had to, it just come out on the PlayStation and that was besides Mario RPG was the next RPG I ever played. And I just fell in love with it, man, the storytelling and the leveling up and you can't move the story along until you're good enough to make it. Um, I think that that really resonated with me at the time. And I think that same thing has just carried with me into jujitsu, you know, like you keep showing up and you keep fighting the, you know, the the battles over and over again until you've mastered them. And so you're on to like the next big thing. And it feels like those battles are always the same level of difficulty. And it's hard to realize how far you've come in that whole time. You know, the, the boss or the, you know, the bosses or enemies that you beat in the first level are like the same level of difficulty relative as the final one you just powered up so much that you don't realize the difference i i definitely can relate to that with especially there was a game on the first xbox the xbox that i call xbox one because it was the first one yeah (laughs) uh my wife bought me she bought me a wwe game and because you know growing up as a kid i was a you know wwe wcw fan and i remember this was the first one i played in a long time and it was just so in-depth there's just all these things that you have to do to make the game work and i was like i'm gonna return this so we picked up this game called nightcaster my wife she actually i'm not even sure where she had seen but she recommended it because she was talking about how you start the game off as a teenager and essentially as you're playing this game, you're aging, you're growing. And by the time you get to the end of the game, you're an old man, Um, you know, as your skills are growing and you're learning to, uh, you know, fight, you know, the forces of evil. It, It sucks because I thought it was a really great game and I enjoyed playing it and they made a sequel game. Not so good. Um, it it was I, I don't know what they're doing but i love that game a lot and i i played a lot of sports games mostly but i i think you know even what you're saying you know you weren't really into sports games you know considering you know you know you're into sports i think there's something to that though is i used to play the ufc games a lot and then once i started training it, it just 
it didn't feel right, especially yeah. <laughs> when you got to grappling. I was like, that's too, no, you don't just get out of mount like that. That's not how that works. You're like, <laughs> you, you're like, you gotta really work to get out of that, or it's not that easy to get that that triangle like that. How's GSP just doing that on the game like that? Or whenever I fought BJ Penn on the game, it was just jujitsu, boom, I'm I'm done. As soon as we hit the mat. He submits me. I was like, well, yeah, it's BJ Penn, but still, it's, it's like my guy put in no resistance. So I don't know that it, I didn't stop playing it because I wasn't good. I eventually figured it out. But then I started realizing when I was doing stuff, like, oh, that's too easy. That's not how that yeah. goes. You, like, stop, you stop connecting with it. Yeah. Um, I don't know what the newer ones are like. They, the newer ones look fun. I, I'd be interested. But I'm also, I don't know that I can play a video game. Um, I need three hours to play a video game. Like I can't if if I don't play it for at least three hours, I obsess all day. Like yeah. think about it. So I need to play it to a point where I'm sick of it. Otherwise, if I play in three hours is the sweet spot. You know, when I play a game for two and a half hours, I leave and I'm just sitting there thinking, but what if this? Like, <laughs> no, there's still more. I could have done that. Yeah. Um, I don't even I think the last game I played i believe i have batman arkham city maybe one of the arkham games and um i haven't played in a while and i just play i play an old madden every so often when football season hits i'm like okay let's play madden yeah blow the dust off it (laughs) yeah it's definitely not updated because there are a lot of players (laughs) playing now that aren't on my game yeah i guess i'll go create them and my buddy the other day was like, that's a lot of work. You know, you may as well just go buy it. It's like, nah, it's $70. I don't get $70 the, for something. I'm only going to play for three weeks. And then, and I'm not going to, I'm not going to go rent it because I'm not going to play it right away. So right. it's just video games are just one of those things that we have them. We just don't utilize them. I think we're talking about getting my daughter a Nintendo switch which means I'm getting a Nintendo Switch because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then I have to convince myself, like, what am I going to do on this thing? Like, I think there's Mario Party and Mario Kart, but I don't know. I Like, when then my wife looked at the price. She was like, we can wait for her birthday. And I was like, I don't think I could wait till her birthday. Got excited so, about it. <laughs> yeah. Now, yeah. So I was like, I'm going to look on eBay, see if somebody's selling one for like a lot less. Like we're, like we're getting this thing for Christmas. Like I've already told her, well, I haven't told her, but like I've convinced myself that I've told her and we have to do this. So that's, that's where that lies. But, um, but Zach, thank you very much for, uh, coming on here, spend some time with me and, and chatting about your experiences with jujitsu and your history and just, you know, where everything's come from with you. Um, I definitely appreciate having you on here. Um, you got anything that you want to shout out, want to plug anything, you know, again, you got your website and um, the Instagram. Mm, sorry. Yeah. I'm, I'm stumbling tonight. Instagram. It's been, a, it's been a long, long, uh, year i guess um man that more than anything i just you know i we message back and forth uh pretty regularly and there's always this level of uh respect between us two and i just appreciate everything you're doing for the sport um even at like the blue belt level you know which is really kind of where i got deeply involved in community um you know you found me very early on and started sharing my content which was like the coolest thing ever and 
you know, every single time you share it, it's, it's still like, I, I appreciate that so deeply. Um, and I don't take that for granted. So I just appreciate that you're helping, you know, the community out by sharing these small accounts and, you know, you're not judging, you're not only sharing, you know, the super high level content. I mean, you're sharing like regular people doing, um, regular things and you're able to somehow see the value in that when a lot of other big meme accounts or jujitsu meme accounts don't. Um, so like the biggest plug is just yourself, man. Like keep, keep doing what you're doing. You're helping, you're helping the community grow in a way that it hasn't been able to so far. And, and I think that's really powerful. And I think you're hitting on something um, very deep in doing that. Well, thank, thank you for that. I, as I always say, I greatly appreciate when I, whenever I share one of your posts and then you reshare it or tag me, um, I always appreciate that. I actually get a kick out of that just because I don't, for me, there's just this thing where it's like, okay, I shared it, you know, everybody, you know, take what you will from it and go. And then, you know, you, you know, having your life, you, you know, find that time to say thanks, you know, you know, thanks BJJ wiki, you know, and shout me out. And I always appreciate that. Um, just more than anything that there have been some accounts I've, you know, reposted like bigger, bigger names and not that I'm looking for any thank you or acknowledgement, but, you know, I'll, um, reshare it. And then it's almost kind of like, okay, well, like, look at this guy, you know, and kind of carry on. Like, well, of course yeah. you should share my stuff because I'm so-and-so. And it's like, well, no, that's not how it works. I mean, I'm just sharing it because I feel like someone could benefit from it. You know, I know I benefit from anything that I share. It's mainly because I looked at it and was like, oh, this helped me. This might help someone else. So, yeah, or- that, man, that, that's what I appreciate the most. I, there's so many accounts out there that are very, I'm not say selfish isn't the right word for it, but they're, they're really only in it for the growth. Yeah. Um, they're, they're trying to find hacks to do it and, um, not that there's anything like wrong with engagement groups, but like it's never been something that I wanted to be involved in. Um, I never wanted to like pay another account to share. You know, like when I was first starting Instagram, I did it one time, realized it just wasn't enjoyable for me to do that. Like I really like finding a way to connect to my audience uh, rather than pay for it. And I like finding a way to connect and get them like my target market. I want them sharing my posts. I don't want mm-hmm. to just like fool the Instagram algorithm right now you know what i mean yeah and uh so there's probably a lot of people that think that we have like paid each other to share these posts but like it's completely uh mutual respect i think yeah like, we've never like colluded on on this before <laughs> well yeah, it's funny um that you're bringing that up because i saw someone had put up a story and like one of the points that they're making in that story was high number accounts but still getting low views and i was like i, I think they're i think they're taking a shot at me <laughs> it's like, you know there's that thing is like if you if you get offended by this then you know you got to look inside and i was like no nah, y'all are talking about me like i got a high and they're like and then you know the second part of that was like you know you guys are paying for your followers and i was like nah i'm not paying any i dude i can barely pay my gym tuition let alone <laughs> like pay for a follower um and not like i i think i did an ad uh or a sponsor post once and i saw what it did it gives that one post 
all this exposure and then your next post goes back to nothing so it's like never doing that again so um, I, i think the only way that this works is when we as a community we work together whether it be um reposting commenting liking um you know those things help the community grow i think just in general the community is strong in itself anyway i think to keep the the uh brotherhood the sisterhood you know the familyhood of it all together i think that's where the important thing of reposting comes into play because I it, like I'm in like a small engagement. I don't even know if it's an engagement group. I think it's just a group of us that we go in, we say, "Hey, what's up?" Yeah. And then I go and like I'll go and post stuff and tag a bunch of people in the post. And which I, I do appreciate because sometimes I don't get the notifications for you making a post, but I always get the ones of you tagging me, which so mm, Okay. So that that was something that's always kind of I've I've asked people too is if um you know because sometimes again we, people just fall out of the al- algorithm so you don't know when someone's posting there are people I forgot that I was following because I haven't seen them post and I'll look like they posted yeah. yesterday but I haven't seen a post from them in three four months so um, but with um, you all especially because I frequently post from everyone that I tag. So it's like, let me just go ahead. If it picks up, I want yeah. you all to get hopefully some kind of siphon from that because I don't want to share one of your posts and then it picks up all these views and likes and everything and exposure and then it doesn't trickle back to you. So that's a big part of why I do that as well because um, BJJ for the culture, I've shared quite a few of her posts that have just taken off like crazy. Yeah, that's and- a great account. Yeah, it, I I love her account, <laughs> and I it, it, it's starting to grow now. I, I've been seeing I've been seeing the the uh, reshares, and it's she's got a lot of great memes, a lot of great a lot of funny memes. Um, and it's like I I love when you see that growth in in an account where it starts here and then it starts growing. Um, there's a new one, uh, BJJ Judo, um. That's her Facebook does very well, but her Instagram doesn't. So because my, my Facebook is terrible. I just actually stopped sharing it to Facebook. It just wasn't worth it. Like yeah. uh, for me, like my whatever for whatever reason, my content does so much better on Instagram. Same. And, and I enjoy it so much more. Like I don't enjoy Facebook. Um, it's just a battleground out there. Instagram feels yeah. a lot more like family and, and community. Yeah. Like Facebook gets weird. Um, I, I every so often I'll I'll do the split share between Instagram and Facebook, and it just feels weird when I go there. So I just I I come back to Instagram and you know keep doing what what I do over here because it like you said there's it feels like family there it feels like connected whereas Facebook is just like it could be the same people but it feels like they're strangers over there I don't know. Um, so however it goes, but, um, but thank you. Thank you, um, for your kind words and thank you for everything that you do, um, you know, for the community in general, uh, you know, keep, keep the great posts coming because again, selfishly it helps me, <laughs> but, um, also I know a lot of people are benefiting from it as well, uh, you know, as well as my teammate, uh, my one teammate, he and I who were talking last night. So, um, 
thank you for all of that. And, you know, on my end, you know, my usual shout outs, the, I am having a very tough time talking tonight. I am <laughs> as sober as a judge. I promise. I like. I just can't talk right tonight. Uh, shout out to the Jiu-Jitsu Happy Hour. Uh, they have a show that comes out every Sunday at noon Pacific time. So check those ladies out. Um, another shout out as usual, student of BJJ. Um, that's our guest today. So uh, you guys check him out as well. If you aren't already following, um, he has a lot of great content there. Also, the Kent Peters is another fun one to check out. Lots of Fantastic great account. Yeah, he he puts out so much. Like like you, I have a folder for him as well. It is hard to keep up with him because yeah, he's phenomenal. He, it, there's so much that comes out. I'm like, dude, I there's like there's just some stuff. I just I'm like, look, I'm just gonna have to not bother with posting him because <laughs> he's got too much stuff but uh, uh check check out kent peters as a great account to follow yep. um in the sony brown breakdown oh, um, unbelievable like he's gonna be the next huge thing yeah it, it's funny i i look at his his content and it's like he's doing magic like th- those uh the little uh animated uh motion videos he's doing with the fights yeah, those are fantastic <laughs> It's like, wow. I, you know, when I first saw his page and I went and everything's like that sepia kind of color, I was like, <laughs> and I don't know if this guy like gets it or not, but man, like it took me about two seconds to realize he has a very fundamental and intuitive understanding of social media. Yeah. Like his posts are 100% on point every time. His breakdowns are incredible. Yeah. he He's a, he's an account that I feel like, you appreciate it if you, you know, if you're in that pocket of what's the word I'm looking for. I don't know. It's like, you can't just, you know, I couldn't show it to, you know, my wife, you know, yeah. she has a basic, you know, understanding of jujitsu. I couldn't show it to her and she grabs the appreciation of it. It's like, I feel like you show it to somebody that's deep into it though, that really loves the sport. And then they see that account and they're like, oh, wow, this is good. Yeah, um, it's, it's phenomenal. I, that's a great, uh, great shout out because they definitely deserve way more than they've got already. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I can't say enough good things about him. And and he's a really nice guy. Like every so often, you know, he'll, he'll shoot a message just, you know, if I repost and it's just so, so nice. So I think yeah. he's uh, I think he's in Australia. So I, I think. People are a lot different down there, so <laughs> we need to take some notes from that guy. But um, but thank you to all of you all who have been listening, downloading. If you have any concerns, questions, comments, you know, criticisms, even, you know, reach out to me. I'm a friendly guy. I'm open. Um, BJJ.wiki on Instagram, Off the Mats Podcast as well on Instagram. I have them on Facebook, but I'm not really too active there. But if that's all you do and that's how you find me, you know, I'll, I'll hear from you there one way or the other. But, uh, you know, always feel free to reach out. I'm here. And if you want to be a guest, reach out, you know, For I'm sure. friendly. You know, I want out soon. We'll do again. <laughs> Absolutely. So um, you all take care. Um, stay tuned. We're going to have some more fun episodes coming up. And thanks all. 